Hi, we're Girls Aloud, wishing you all a very Merry Christmas. Hi, we just wanted to wish everybody a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hi, we're Girls Aloud, wishing you all a Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, and a very Happy New Year. Christmas. You're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the Christmas Day podcast where you take a great pop music album and festively break it down Christmas track by Christmas track. <laughs> and it's Christmas round at ours because on the turntable this week, we've got Girls Aloud with the Chemistry Christmas bonus disc. That's the most specific introduction to an episode ever, I think. And, and well done, Dan. Thank you very much, brother. Yes, we're not going to be talking about Disc One of Chemistry, which is the fantastic third album from Girls Alive, because we're going to be doing it proper justice, but it's not Christmas time. Uh, and we're focusing today on this wonderful bonus disc. And we first talked about doing this album a whole year ago, more than a year ago, uh, until we discovered mm. that wonderful St Etienne album uh, and that hadn't been uh, touched by us. And we decided to do Girls Alive this year and actually it was an easy choice for our Christmas Day episode this year wasn't it Dan? Yeah as you say it was in the pipeline anyway but then this year of all years certainly felt right to mark Christmas Day with Girls Aloud uh, and yeah this wonderful festive collection of theirs. And to really celebrate the music of Girls Aloud in a year where we sadly lost Sarah uh, one of the one of the fab five uh, at the end of a long battle with cancer, which we are absolutely devastated about and feels like the right thing to do at the end of the year to celebrate some wonderful festive songs from Girls Aloud in Sarah's memory, because I bet she loved a bloody knees up at Christmas. Absolutely, yeah. This is going to be this is going to be a tough Christmas for her family, for her friends, for the rest of Girls Aloud, for the fans that loved her as well. And as you say, you know, I, I didn't know Sarah personally, but from what you saw of her, from all of those interviews and all of those and everything she said over the years, you would just know that she would want to be celebrated today of all days. Uh, and we're certainly going to do that because it's Christmas Day, Dan. And how are you feeling? Oh, yeah, I meant to ask, well, has he been? Uh, who? Santa. Actually, Dan, do you know who I reckon is going to be doing very well from Father Christmas this year? Oh, good question. Uh, Lee from Steps? No, uh, I expect he's been doing very well all year because uh, they've had a very good year against Steps. No, 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 no. Your little fellow. Oh, little Digby. My little puppy. Yeah, he's been spoiled rotten, actually, Will. Santa Paws has been this morning, actually. Father Christmas loves to give your little fellow a lot of attention on Christmas Day. And it's welcomed, I can tell you that. <laughs> you do have got quite an open house policy at Christmas, and I've always admired you for that, because you don't know who's going to come through that door. It's like bloody quickly bottom in Noel's house, isn't it? One minute you've got Joan Collins there, the next minute it's Sir Roger Moore. 
Sir Roger Moore. Ah, money penny. Bottom. So, Chemistry Will, or Chemistry of the Christmas bonus disc, I should say, did you have this on CD when it came out? Oh my God, I had it with bells on. Absolutely. Christmas bells. And there are bells on, yeah. Yeah, this was peak Girls Aloud to me. I absolutely loved them. And uh, the excitement, not only just the third album, when it was announced that they were going to be doing a Christmas disc uh, with not just one song or not just a token cover, but with a whole album of covers and new tracks. It was just absolutely wonderful. Uh, I think it's a it's a rite of passage in the pop world, isn't it? Absolutely. Now, can I tell you something? It's Christmas Day, Will. I've got to be honest with you, and I'm definitely going to be speaking my mind because I've had a few Baileys and Baby Shams and mulled wines and amarettos and eggnogs and whatnot already. And it's only 10 in the morning. I have to be honest with you, Will. Oh, God, I know what you're going to say. I just know what you're you going to say. You know what I'm going to say. Shocking um, revelations sure. on Christmas Day. It's just like EastEnders. <laughs> I, I, I hadn't listened to this album, well, this Christmas album, until yesterday. Christmas Eve. Yes. And I have to ask, on behalf of me and probably 90% of the people listening to this podcast, why the hell not? Well, actually, Will, I don't think I'd listen to the Chemistry album either. Well, I, oh, when I say I don't think I had, sake. I think what I mean is I still haven't. I just skipped over to the... Because, you know, we've talked about Girls Aloud. Three, we've done three albums so far on the podcast. Big fan of Girls Aloud. But for me, they were more of a singles band. Or certainly back in the day when they were churning out hit after hit after hit. Never really got stuck into the albums post the first one. Maybe a bit of out of control. But in a way, you know, that's in a way that's a nice thing because it's I get to go back and relive that moment that you had all those years ago when you first listened to it. What a load of bullshit. I think there's no <laughs> excuse for not having listened to this album before. Not because, I mean, I, I get the fact that you always have Spice Girls more and you were never a big fan, as big a fan as I was, but you like great pop music albums or so I'm led to believe. Surely this would have been one that you'd have enjoyed because uh, it's some absolutely stonking tracks on there that you would never have known about uh, if you'd only listened to the singles. Also, Will, worth noting, of course, next year marks 20 years since Girls Aloud formed on Popstar's arrivals around this time of year, actually, wasn't it? Because, of course, they had the Christmas number one with Sound of the Underground. We've done the Sound of the Underground album. We've done What Will the Neighbours Say. We've done Out of Control. So surely we are going to mark the 20th anniversary with maybe this album, maybe Chemistry in full. I think maybe Tangled Up. I think, yeah, maybe Chemistry. Tangled Up is good as well. We've got some good ones still to come. Sorry, Dan, didn't mean to have a go at you on Christmas Day, but uh, uh, I'm really glad I did. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, Chemistry, the album, was released on the 5th of December 2005, following on from huge success of What Will the Neighbours Say, where they worked solely with Brian Higgins' Xenomania. And I guess more of the same came with Chemistry and with the Christmas disc, Christmas tree, if you will. Uh, where they are, all the tracks, all the new original tracks are written by the uh, Xenomania stable and produced there as well. And we have got some classics which have been given their own fresh twist as well. Uh, oh, no, well, I'm, I'm, you've thrown me off there. I'm confused because I was reading the liner notes of the album and I thought these tracks were produced by Festive Gifts and in particular the songwriters Holly Bush S. Claus, Henry Mistletoe, Beth Lehem, and and am I, have I gone wrong somewhere there? 
Yes, Dan, you've you've missed out on the wonderful uh, play on words, the wonderful Christmas pseudonyms there, uh, which is Xenomania. They're going to laugh with you there, Dan. Well, at you, actually, because you fell for at it. Me at more, me more, yeah. Because you fell for it. I mustn't, I mustn't miss off your log there as well, actually. Never miss off your log at Christmas. Right, let's get stuck in, shall we? So side one, track one. This is, we're starting off with a classic. This is I Wish It Could Be Christmas... Every I wish it could be Christmas every day there. And I have to say, first track, quite a faithful, if not slightly more bouncy uh, and uh, electronic guitar. I don't know why I said that like I was a robot, like I didn't know what I was talking about. Uh, <laughs> I do. <laughs> in there. And Dan, as somebody very extremely fresh to this album, what did you think when you first heard this cover? Well, Will, I do have to say that listening to this album for the first time with fresh ears, there's a lot of things to love in here. Particularly, as you said it right at the start, I love that they've written some brand new songs. There's also some great covers. For me, it's it's actually it's not the strongest song on the album. Uh, you know, I don't want to start off on a low, especially on Christmas Day. But this, like you say, maybe because it's so faithful to the original. I just think their their reinterpretations of some of the other classics, they really put the Girls Loud and Xenomania stamp on it. So this is a good cover. It's a faithful cover. It's a classic Christmas song. But things are only going to get better from here. Kiwi. And Dan. At Christmas. For the uninitiated, who was responsible for the original of this one? So this one was written and recorded by Wizard way back in 1973. Roy Wood has gone on to re-record it under various names, most notably probably when he did I Wish It Could Be a Wombling Merry Christmas Every Day. Oh, that was almost my favourite interpretation. Quite tiresome, that wombling Merry Christmas every damn day. It'd just be shattered and it's very specific. Well, yeah, but you you forget, you know, back in the day, the Wombles used to like to insert themselves into many things. Is that why you were always a big fan? <laughs> wombling around that common wimbledon common well it's not like you're obviously clapham common or the heath but uh you meet a good womble or two and of course well not the first time we've spoken about the song either because last year for your main crizzy prezzy i got you the big reunion version on cd yes a great version i think i'm sure you'll agree uh, and also we've talked about the kylie version on our kylie christmas episode last year Yes, uh, and Dan, I haven't been able to give you your Chrissy Prezi from the Track by Track team this year yet so far because uh, due to current circumstances, we've had to record our Christmas episodes separately. And that's nothing to do, yes. with, nothing to do with COVID. We've just had a huge round. Yeah, and this is quite tough getting through this. I know how Little Mix felt towards the end of the, their days together because this is quite torturous, actually. But no, no, doing it for the fans. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Also, we're talking about re recording remotely and effing COVID again. We should 
mentioned the elephant in the room, of course, in, in the uh, emergency exit you had to make from the Metropolitan. You are recording without your gear proper, aren't you? Without your proper microphone. Yes, this is even more of a tin pot production than it usually is today because I'm having to... Oh speak directly into the computer <coughs> sorry oh god nauseous just saying it so sounds, sounds like one of our contemporary podcasts no sounds like one of our contemporaries podcasts Ooh. oh no i do so like some joke, tea then. on christmas morning <laughs> uh track two then uh hey get ready for a newie this is i want to kiss you so christmas in a nutsack uh nutshell <laughs> sorry nutshell <laughs> Christmas in a nutshell there, girls allowed owed to going out and getting rat-assed on Christmas Eve. Bliss. Oh my god, it used to be the best night of the year, didn't it? Better than New Year's Eve. Better oh, than better than, definitely better than New Year's Eve. Did you used to, I used to go out every Christmas Eve. Oh, for sure. And also, if you had been away for uni or just been away to, if you moved somewhere else but went back at Christmas, you saw your old friends or your old colleagues... Are you oh, talking about prison? Such good times. Yeah. What? <laughs> what do you think I meant? <laughs> uh, but it, yeah, it was. It was. Everyone was in such a good mood. Everyone would be splashing the cash. Uh, uh, it was such a good. All the pubs in town would be rammed, uh, and then you'd have walk home because you wouldn't be able to get any buses or anything as well. I always used to like the walk home from the pub on Christmas Eve. It just felt magical. Did you look out for Father Christmas flying over? Yep. Yeah, see if he was coming over the chimneys. Although there was one year uh, where I was walking home from town on Christmas Eve and uh, Santa and his sleigh actually crashed on the roof of Tesco's. Oh. It was awful. I had to go over and pull him off. <laughs> so, Oh, so you had to help Santa empty your sack. That's what you said. <laughs> whatever, whatever helped him, just unload as quickly as possible. Otherwise, oh. I don't know what would have happened. Hmm. Nowadays, Will, it's all about Midnight Mass for me. Uh, I don't, did you go last year? Well, no, of course you didn't go last year. But no one bloody did. I was just testing, just testing. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, Are you trying to catch me out so I'll, I'll be the next... Uh... Well, I'd report you to the police, but they don't do anything. So uh, just fill, fill your boots. They don't look into old crimes, famously, actually. Which would be... Politics, <laughs> on track by track, on Christmas Day. <laughs> With the lightest possible touch. Yes, there we go. Yeah. But Christmas Eve in town. Will, please tell me you don't do that thing anymore where you attach, you think it's so original, you attach some mistletoe to your belt and then go around trying to get people to kiss you underneath the mistletoe. It's it's past the joke now, Will. No comment. <laughs> Didn't you get thrown out the Legion one year? Uh, that was on Remembrance Sunday when I was trying to, uh, I needed some loose change for the fruit machine and I went through the collection tins. Oh, ended up having the landlady's mother in a headlock, didn't you? <laughs> and not for the first time, uh, at Christmas as well. <laughs> anyway, this song, I'm going to kiss you say, I love, 
I think this is Girls Aloud bringing their own unique uh, flavour to a Christmas song. Because although it's uh, obviously production is good, goes without saying, often, most, well, all the time is Xenomania, but it's very much their neck of the woods. Going out, going to the pub, kissing boys under the mistletoe, going out dancing on Christmas Eve. You wouldn't catch Beyonce doing that. Absolutely not. No. She's a happily married woman. Well, maybe Michelle. She's a married woman. Hmm. So I think this is their, it is their Christmas in a nutshell. Uh, and it's a lovely Christmas I'd love to be part of. Oh, stop trying to get invitations to people's houses, Will. Just stick with your own, you've got your mother and your father, and that's that. What do you think of the song, Dan? <laughs> it, yeah, I like this one because it definitely feels like Girls Aloud, not trying to emulate, you know, they're not trying to do the Phil Spector sound, which so many people do with Christmas songs. They're not trying to recreate Slade or Wizard, uh, for example, but... It just feels like a girls allowed bop with bells on. I do like the line, Christmas ain't fun. If your heart don't feel young, I guess I'll always believe there's a big kid in me. And you know me well, I am a big kid at heart at Christmas. And you have a lovely big family as well. So there's always going to be kids playing uh, around the tree at Christmas. Track number three now, and this is Jingle Bell Rock. This, I'm sure you agree with me, I prefer this cover than the first one we talked about. Uh, it's all about those classic Xenomania guitars uh, strumming their way through this that I think gives it a bit of an edge. Yeah, definitely suits the Xenomania sound much more. And I think we just think of this song now, don't we, as, you know, a lot of people with this song think about Mean Girls. And so for five Mean Girls to be doing a cover of this, it, it works. And I remember the last time I was at your mother's pub, she showed me that home video she took at the Christmas oh. show oh. of you and a couple of your busy mates dressed up in sexy Santa costumes doing the dance from the film. And I have to say, I have... you nearly pulled it off. Nearly pulled who off? Uh, it off. Uh, I, I think the mistake you made, and I'm sure you won't mind this... Uh, Related feedback is mm. I think you mistook those Christmas trim skirts for kilts uh, and that you thought you didn't have to wear anything underneath them. And then you realised too late it was far too short. Yeah. And also the act on before us at the talent show was doing a Marilyn Monroe set. So the fan was there already and, and they couldn't switch it off. So I was having to contend with that the whole time. So it was an oh, absolute nightmare, Will. And also the fan was set to quite cold. And uh, the act that came on afterwards was a beautiful rendition of the Nutcracker. And unfortunately for us, we, uh, or the audience at the time, they already had that in your act as well. (laughs) So this one will originally released in 1957, can you believe, by Bobby Helms. Have we talked about Bobby Helms on the podcast before? I don't know. 
Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Um, there's a very, there's a hilarious uh, controversy around the writing of this song, which has got very you energy written all over it, in that Bobby Helms and guitarist, the guitarist in the song, Hank Garland, they claimed, until the day they died, they claimed that they wrote this song when it's actually credited to uh, Beale and Booth, Jim, Joe Beale and Jim Booth. But uh, Bobby and Hank, they say, no, the song that Beale and Booth brought to the table was called Jingle Bell Hop. And actually, this is Jingle Bell Rock. So this was their song. They made it very different to that one. Oh, being bitter and pedantic at Christmas is totally my energy. Yes, absolutely. And if you enjoy uh, all things bitter and pedantic, you're listening to Track by Track. And do join us on Patreon where we are even more bitter and pedantic. And quite nasty, a bit malicious as well, actually. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. More... More nastiness for your book. There's another great cover of this one, Will, from 83, from Hall and Oates. Did they play that one when you saw them live? Uh, I can't remember, but probably no, because it wasn't Christmas. Track number four, then. This is Not Tonight, Santa. Got it. So not tonight, Santa there. I think if you are like me, if you're someone who hadn't heard this Christmas album until this year, or maybe actually you've never listened to it before, there's a good chance you might have heard this track. This one sort of does the rounds on the Christmas compilations, doesn't it? It does, uh, and also featured on a Netflix original Christmas movie this year uh, called Single All The Way, which uh, features the wonderful Jennifer Coolidge, Michael Yuri from uh, Betty's Swallows. Swallows. <laughs> Ugly Betty. Uh, and features a wonderful LGBTQ romance uh, in it uh, as the main story. And this is literally the first thing you hear when the film starts. Uh, this song oh, and a load of shirtless men. So I don't know if that appeals to you, Dan, but... Uh... Probably not to me, or probably not to many of the listeners, actually, either. So yes, probably yes. better to move on probably, from that. Probably actually. give it. Probably just stick to uh, "It's a Wonderful Life." Uh, but such is the exposure of this song that it was featured in a global Netflix, uh, straight to Netflix film. Uh, and I didn't didn't mean to didn't no. That's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no, you said it now. Somehow, by the time it goes from your brain to coming out of your mouth, it just sounds kind of quite catty. <laughs> Don't know how it happens. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, this this is my favourite song on the album because it's the most it's very festive, it's very saucy but also it's the most girls allowed Xenomania-y track on this Christmas album because you've got the synths and you've got a wonderful beat and it's a banger, it's a Christmas banger Yeah, it really is it's one of my favourites on here as well I don't, I don't think it's because it's so you know, because I know this one already but I think just like you said, the synths they almost sound like vintage robots the kind that kiddies would have got on christmas day back in the 70s and 80s and they're just constant throughout the track and then i mean what 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 are they actually singing about well what what are they saying not tonight santa what's 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 going on 
Uh, well, there's, uh, it's like the chorus is, ooh, ooh, you give me something I could never get from Santa Claus. So it's very nudge, nudge, wink, thri- wink, wink, how is your father? How is your father? He's fine, yeah. Well, yeah. Yours? Uh, well, he's, yeah, he's fine. He's fine. But speaking of how is your father, um, I guess I do hope everyone has got to see their families today because I know it's been a bit up in the air. We've all been kind of doing the right, hopefully we've all been doing the right thing. Uh, following, you know, what the wonderful Chris Whitty has to say. And Dan... <laughs> mm? He's absolutely gorgeous. Well, they do say there's someone for everyone. Oh, at Christmas. At Christmas. And yeah, worth noting, this might, you know, hate to ruin the Christmas magic, but we're not actually recording this on Christmas Day. We've recorded this a few days before, maybe a week or so before. So who knows what's actually happening on Christmas Day this year, Will? Today, I should say. Certainly at time of recording. We'll drop the pretense that it's Christmas Day because, of course, <laughs> it's not. But at time of recording, things are starting to look a little bit hairy again. Oh, you've got time to get your bikini line done before <laughs> Christmas Day, lovey, since we are recording ahead of time. No, Dan, I was trying to be serious there because we don't know what's happening or what will be happening no. when this episode is released. So hopefully everyone is safe. And if you have managed to get to your family... Good. And if you haven't, hopefully this episode brings you some sort of strange comfort. And if you don't want to see your family as well, then good for you as well. It's a great excuse, actually, isn't it? Two years running. Free choice, free choice. Number five now, and this is White Christmas. Christmas there and I really do enjoy this version of it as well it's given a kind of 80s synth treatment uh, with a beat that kind of quietly picks up halfway through and some gentle strumming in the background as well I think it's really nice yes I agree but I have to say Will sorry I'm smirking at you saying gentle strumming in the background one day I will grow up I promise (laughs) Um. (laughs) no don't don't Oh, I won't. No. I will let Pinocchio. No. Peter Pan. Geppetto. No, yes, Peter Pan. <laughs> Tinkerbell. More likely, yes. This, when I first heard this version, I wasn't quite sure at first. I thought, can White Christmas, this classic Christmas song that's again been covered so many times, of course, originally by Bing Crosby, Michael Bublé's done his take on it. It's been featured on the Phil Spector one. Everyone's done White Christmas, haven't they? And I did think, oh, does this one need like a Xenomania polish? Does it work with a Xenomania polish? And kind of then going back to it, once I was used to it, going back to it, it's fantastic. Well, Dan, when I was listening to this more recently, I was I was thinking how you would really love this because of the kind of 80s synth sound that's in there. Yeah, I think it phased me at first, Will. Phased me. Now, I'm all for it. And... Not so much of a white Christmas in the UK for us, really. I think it's more of a wet Christmas for us in the UK, more often than not. I can't remember the last time it snowed at Christmas. It did it, I think it was 2007. We had 
it was it had already been snowing and we had a, so it was already there was already snow on the ground and then it snowed a little bit I think in my neck of the woods anyway will on Christmas day well it probably yeah it probably was up your way um snow drifts I expect your mum had to get a couple of burly men over to to shovel her out um to so she could mm. get the pub open yeah of course yeah and of course where you and your family are on Christmas day it's usually too frosty the snow <laughs> although uh you could cut the atmosphere with a knife mm. doesn't surprise me actually i'd love to see it so this one will as i said originally recorded by bing crosby written by irving berlin featured in the holiday in film and later the white christmas film it won uh, an academy award for best original song at the 15th Academy Awards held in 42 when it was first released. But also, well, this was the Bing Crosby version was the world's best selling single for many, many years. And I do believe it was only taken over by Elton John's Candle in the Wind 97. Why was that then? Why? Mm. Oh, it's for Lady Di, wasn't it? Oh, uh, Lady, Lady Di. The one I played at the funeral. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, that his his version was in the Canadian well probably charts around the world but certainly in the Canadian charts for literally years I think but I'm sure if Bing or Irving or Lady Di were around today they'd love this Girls Aloud version. Ah, oh, Diana would have bloody loved Girls Aloud. I bet she'd have been papped out and out and about town with them during the heyday. Oh yeah. Track number six now, and this is Count the Days. the days there and what a fantastic time to talk about the fantastic festive album artwork and I don't know if this could be any more Christmassy the Christmas version of the chemistry album artwork because you've got it's like a 60s inspired kitchen uh, with girls they've got their lovely frocks on for Christmas day and they're all doing something different on this lovely Christmas scene you've got uh Nadine has got is pulling a roast out of the oven. That's not a euphemism. Uh, I'm not sure what Nicola and Cheryl are doing, but they're holding some. They're pulling a cracker, aren't oh, they? They're pulling a crack. Oh, they're pulling a rather large cracker. Yes. Mm. Uh, Sarah's tucking into some mince pies, which she's not even waited to take them out of the uh, baking tin. Uh, and Kimberly is wrapping up some beautiful gifts. Uh, mm. And it's like a lovely kitchen scene. It's a very kitsch kitchen. The Christmas tree looks lovely. You've got paper chains in the ceiling and a massive bunch of mistletoe above the table. They're going to have a lovely day. They're going to have the best Christmas ever. And I have to say, I do love this artwork. Just a few weeks or a week ago or so, we were talking about how it was 19 years, on the socials, I should say, we were talking about how it's 19 years since... Sound of the Underground, what would people like to see for Girls Aloud's 20th anniversary? Uh, and a couple of people said they wanted vinyl re-releases. And I have to say, if they do release Chemistry on vinyl, I hope they do a separate one 
where we get this, like a full vinyl version of this album cover, because it's fantastic. It's just a wonderful picture. I have to say, they've got three flying ducks on the wall uh, above their big smeg fridge. Reminds me of your house, Dan. Yeah, I've got three flying pigeons above mine. Ah, this song, however, it's an original song. Uh, It just doesn't excite me or fill me with any kind of emotion. No, I can can tell that they thought they really need a bit more of a ballad on here it's still they're still singing about christmas and it kind of falls in line with some more traditional acoustic christmasy songs like the pretenders for example and so many others but yeah just doesn't quite do it for me so i thought actually go on a tangent will and just say of course on the chemistry album one of the big ballads on that was see the day I love that cover. Some people, it's not for them, and we'll go into more detail when it comes out, but I'm just going to put a spoiler alert. I'm going to be fighting for See the Day. Uh, well, uh, spoiler alert as well. We might be talking about the album artwork on that song. No, actually, no, there's definitely something... Oh, I can't remember, actually. Oh, a whole lot of history, surely. Anyway, that's anyway. a conversation for a <laughs> yes, time. Yes, uh, we'll, park, we'll park that up, but... Um... The reason I thought about it as well is because, of course, the See the Day video, lovely and festive. Mm, mm. Track number seven then. And this is, oh, this is the dream. Just looking at that album artwork, this is what we would love. And this is one that I hope one day you will perform at a Christmas show wearing a sexy Santa costume because I'd love to see you do the chorus. Well, this song, I think it needs to have a film made about this song or at least a, a, a half an hour television special. It's just so much going on. So many amazing characters. Yeah, and I'd love to personally, I'd love to play the role of Uncle Bernie. <laughs> Uh, this, again, is a little uh, insight into a Girls Aloud Christmas. And I guess maybe they're not the biggest fans of a family Christmas with some of the old relatives around. They find, seem to find it a bit tawdry. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not with them on that. I think Christmas is the time of year to spend with the older relatives. You know, it's it's lovely when Nana's got toffee stuck in her teeth and all that kind of thing. You're never too old for a panto, are you, Will? We, we're big fans of the panto, aren't we? We do enjoy a celebrity-packed panto. Probably not a tin pot production, but... Uh... Oh, no. Oh, no, we don't. <laughs> but again, this is original track, probably my second favourite original track. Uh, it's got a great Xenomania sound to it. But that daddy, daddy told me, it's very catchy. really gets into you, doesn't it? Yeah. Also with this one, I think lyrically... Uh, lyrically and maybe musically uh, musically as well as being very xenomania i was getting hints of like mcfly or busted or maybe even mcbusted just a bit a bit edgy a bit more guitar and they're you know singing about sprouts and again someone having chocolate fingers and all that kind of stuff it feels oh. very punky 
Fingers for Christmas. Oh, lovely. But how many can you get in there? Because you've, you've got everything else to think about as well. Answers on a postcard. Right, here's the last track on the album. This is Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, everybody there. What a way to close the album. I have to say, I was very scared and a little bit wary to say it at the start of the album where I wasn't 100% sold maybe on the cover of I Wish It Could Be Christmas Every Day. It didn't 100% click for me, but this one does. I think it's a match made in heaven. And I definitely think like the Slade energy and the Girls Lade energy, although decades apart, very similar attitudes at Christmas based on what we've heard on the rest of the album. Yeah. Talking about the family and all that kind of stuff. Like in the last song, they're singing about what would you do if you saw grandmother snogging Santa or whatever, you know. Similar energy, like you say. And I just always have these memories when Slade performing it on top of the pops. They were just having a real party, lots of dolly birds on the stage, hopefully all of legal age, and uh, tinsel and balloons everywhere. Lovely. Yeah. And um, what I love, I think there's two versions of it that do the rounds on the music channels. One of them, it's so clear that they're miming and it's so clear that they want you to know that they're miming. So the drummer is just kind of drumming over that in the wrong way and oh, Noddy no. Holder's barely playing his guitar. But it looks so much fun. It works. You wouldn't get that from Harry Judd. Oh, absolutely not. And Will. <laughs> yes. He's a great dancer. He is a great dancer. Did he win the Glitter Ball Trophy that year he was in it? He, yeah, unlike poor Tom Lovey, who didn't take it home this year. Well, it just goes to show you uh, what taking your shirt off will do for your career. And Will, wasn't this year's winner deserving of the prize? Do you know what? A worthy winner this year, if ever there was one. Yeah, they were all great, but I thought they were the who best. I would have voted for, actually. yeah, They were the best, yeah. Well, a 10 from me. Mm-hmm. So well done to those two. So as you said, Will, of course, this was originally recorded by Slade and released back in 73. It always blows my mind that this and Wizards, I wish it would be Christmas or could be Christmas every day, <laughs> <laughs> were released in the same year. This one got to the top of the charts and remained in the charts until the following February, which is baffling, uh, whereas Wizards peaked at number four. And this was also Slade's last number one, but of course, by far, their biggest selling single ever. And as with most of these Christmas standards, it's been covered by bloody everyone, Will. Can you name some of the people who've covered this song? No. So go on. Really? I can't. Not off the top of my head, no. And that's fine. It's not a test. Uh, Steps have done it. Oasis did it for the Royal Family Christmas special yeah. for the credits. Robbie Williams did it on his Christmas album from 2019 with Jamie Cullum. Bastille have done it. Kate Nash has done it. Every, every, every bloody one has done this. Good for them. There's someone, though. I don't think, can't remember who it is. Is it you or is it my other half? Or is it someone else? I can't stand it. Oh, I think it's probably your other half, isn't it? Not me. Yeah, probably them, yeah. 
not wanting to assume, but... Uh... So that was, it's eight tracks, that album, but I think we've made an exception for some festive further listening. Just one song, Dan, which we pre-agreed and signed for yes. before the episode started recording. And we're going to talk about Stay Another Day. Yes, so, of course, originally by E17 and huge fans of Girls Aloud's will remember that they released this on their debut single, Sound of the Underground, and diehard fans, or those with a great memory, might also remember that this was, was almost going to be a double A side. It was almost going to be the lead single, but they have done Stay Another Day. So shall we have a little listen to it? Yeah, I think we were actually going to play the track, but here's a, here's a bit of it. <laughs> So a bit of stay another day there. And I guess it's, I mean, it doesn't stray too far from the uh, source material, does it? No, definitely not. A modern reinterpretation, which is weird because it only came like less than a decade, didn't it, after the original, I think. And there's also a school of thought around, is this actually a Christmas song? Because it's not actually about Christmas. It's act- I only learned recently that it's not even actually a love song. It's written about Tony Mortimer's uh, brother who passed away. So he actually, he went on record as saying he felt that Girls Aloud's cover was weird because why were they singing about that? But of course, songs were open to interpretation, aren't they? So they was they were making it a love song. He did say he, did say he liked Girls Aloud though. He wasn't slagging them off completely. Uh, and we've certainly put our own interpretation on many songs over the years. So absolutely agree with that. <laughs> But I do like it. And I part of me does think it should have been a double A side. Because don't get me wrong, Sound of the Underground, an all-time classic. A worthy, <laughs> a worthy number one. <laughs> Free for music interlude there. But part of me thinks it would have been fun to have both sides of Girls Aloud straight from the off on that single. Also, Will, can't get this on streaming, can you? Uh, no, you can't. No, you cannot, Dan. <laughs> No, you cannot. Not Sound of the Underground. You can get that on streaming. So we're out of time on Christmas Day. I've got a turkey to stuff. You've got some more uh, alcohol to uh, drink quickly. Yeah. But Might have a quick mercy bomb first. But let's have a... A what? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> a mercy bomb. What's that? You know, make myself sick so I can get more in oh a tactical chunder so it just remains us to say a big thank you for being with us this year as well as at Christmas oh, of course it's our last episode of 2021 isn't it yes this is it we're going to have a brief break although the fun never stops in the world of track by track uh, you'll find hundreds of episodes to catch up on if you are recently discovering us and we're on Patreon we are on Patreon so we are having a quick break unless you are one of our patrons because next month january start of the year we're going straight in with some exclusive episodes we are getting ready for the mighty hoopla weekender which all being well is taking place at the end of january so we are i know it's terrifying but think positive think positive 
So we're going to be going track by track through some pop belters, Bewitched's debut album, Venga Boy's debut album, and also for some further listening, we are listening to 10 of our favourite Sophie Ellis-Bexter, forgotten, unheard, unrecognised tracks, because of course she is headlining Hoopla Weekender. So fingers crossed we will still be there. Uh, wouldn't be the first time that a dirty weekend that we'd had planned uh, had to get cancelled abruptly. So fingers crossed uh, we're going to be there. Very different reasons there. <laughs> it was actually mid-flow that one, wasn't it, when it was... <laughs> cancelled anyway. abruptly. Uh, but thank you for joining us. Thank you for all the support, all the lovely feedback and comments uh, and interaction that you have shared with us this year. Oh, get a bit... Oh, oh God, oh, Will! I'm going. One too many baby shams this morning, <laughs> I think actually. So, until next year, I've been Dan and I've been Will. Goodbye. Goodbye. And Merry Christmas. Christmas. You don't you like vodka? <laughs> And as our, yeah, as our Christmas gift to the podcasting world, we're going to tell all of our uh, podcasting colleagues exactly what we think of them. Yeah. We love them. After the next song, of oh. course. Dom's just had his online Christmas party because they uh, cancelled the in-person one. Two and a half hours of forced fun. Oh, that sounds awful. Sounds like recording an episode of Track by Track. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs>